You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy, or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. Some of you are going to listen to this episode and roll your eyes. Some of you are going to sigh. Some might even turn it off about now. But a few of you are going to get excited. And a few might even clap your hands together and say, finally. I hope that's some of you anyway. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then draw in a breath and exhale in both wonder and satisfaction. Okay, maybe not that last one. But some of you might like this one. We are talking about Bigfoot. Yeah, finally. Yeah, we've had, me. we've had a few people actually ask us about this. It's true. Yeah. So actually, it's actually kind of a long time coming because we have had multiple people talk to us about Bigfoot. Yeah. We did, we've done a lot of um, live events this year. So we've actually talked to listeners and things. So Yeah. Usually it's about Bigfoot sightings in Ohio, which that, I know is like yeah, a that, huge place. That's what I've, I've come across. My personal Bigfoot story yeah. was with someone. She had her experience in Ohio. Yeah. But No. This is Michigan Bigfoot. Bigfoot gets around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I will be yelling at you just about how much Bigfoot gets around. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is a subject very close to my heart. Bigfoot was one of, if not the first paranormal thing I ever learned about. Aliens might be a real close second as my mom's favorite TV show was The (laughs) X-Files. But the idea of Bigfoot has been floating around in my head for as long as I can remember. And while the capital B big sighting happened in my home state of California, you can be sure that Michigan has had its fair share of activity. We're going to get into some of the background of the big guy in general, some of its Michigan history, throw in some sightings, and then I'll probably totally go off the deep end and talk about how Bigfoot is an alien. You've been warned. Bigfoot has been around as a legend in North America for a long, long time. Many indigenous cultures across the continent have large, hairy, upright beings in their folklore. And I apologize in advance for any of the uh, Native American words that I am going to say in these next few paragraphs. I'm sorry. The Yokut painted what appears to be, well, a Bigfoot family in pictographs in Central California. According to a few peer-reviewed documents, they indeed are um, big feet. Bigfoots. I think they say Bigfoots. I Bigfoots? think it's been declared that is the official okay. 
because um, these are the things I come across on the internet. <laughs> Bigfoots. Otherwise known as hairy men or Mayak de Tat. The Yokuts mythology centers around animal figures and the hairy man seems to be one of them. He is described in some Yokut stories as, quote, human-like. He walked on two legs and gave that gift to humans. Hairy Man was also smart enough to trick the cunning coyote in order to get his own way. Um, and I will be posting all those, all the things that I quote from in the show notes, because it's a lot of, like, this part is a lot of, like, peer-reviewed journals and, yeah, other, like, Amazing. not not weird articles, but, like, legit things. <laughs> Which is different from a lot of our I know, which episodes, is, I feel like. Yeah. I do my best. But it's like, we do have a lot of like New York Times <laughs> articles and things from the past. But but we also use a lot of, like, I use a lot of weird websites. Yeah. And it's like bigfootuniverse.edu for some reason. So, but this part, it's like, I actually, I did deeper digging. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, cause well, there was more there, too. Yes. To it's, dig. it's actual... It's actual native legends, and it's really, really fucking important to get those correct. Mm -hmm. uh, but while the pictographs of the hairy man and his family have been around since at least 500 BCE, the term Bigfoot was not connected to them until 1973. This, of course, was after the Patterson-Gimlin film of 1967, and you could say that the idea of there being a large hairy thing roaming the, wo roaming the woods was firmly in the American consciousness. I've seen this film. It's true. I've seen I've seen many versions of this film. Yes, same. <laughs> <laughs> According to Oregon's own encyclopedia, quote, which they have, it turns out most states have an, an online encyclopedia of their own state. Quote, members of plateau tribes such as the Warm Springs Reservation identify Bigfoot as a stick Indian, a diverse category of potentially hostile beings who stole salmon or confused people by whistling, causing them to become lost. Sightings and stories continue on reservations today, representing a spiritual connection to the pre-contact past and the resilience of indigenous cultural heritage, end quote. NativeLanguages.org says about them, quote, in traditions of many Salish and other Northwest Indian tribes, stick Indians are male malevolent and extremely dangerous forest spirits. Details about stick Indians vary from tribe to tribe. They are described as large, hairy, Bigfoot-like creatures by the Salish and as forest dwarves by the Cayuse and Yakima. In some traditions, stick Indians have powers to paralyze, hypnotize, or cause insanity in hapless humans, while in others, they merely lead people astray by making eerie sounds of whistling or laughter in the woods at night. In some stories, stick Indians may eat people who fall prey to them, kidnap children, or molest women. They also take aggressive revenge against people who injure or disrespect them, no matter how unintentionally. End quote. Sounds like forest spirits. Yeah, I was like, I mean, forest laughing. spirits are, yeah, those are things we have the world over. Mm -hmm. And they're often uh, good or bad. They're on, often. Depending on how they're treated, depending on how they feel. Mm -hmm. They often have their own agenda. Yeah. There have been several TV shows and expeditions out into the Pacific Northwest forests in search of the creature this describes. We'll get into the kinds of things Bigfoot is said to do a little later, but keep all that stuff in mind. However, there is another side of the legend that we have to represent as well. Not every people thinks Bigfoot is a malignant entity. Indian Country Today, from an article from 2018, writes, quote, Long before this elusive creature became part of popular American folklore, we're talking hundreds if not thousands of years, his presence had been accepted by North American tribes. 
Most had a name for him, and this is really where I'm going to screw things up, so I deeply apologize. The Lakota called him Chietanka, the Chippewa uh, Janetta, and the Seminole Sisi Kapkaki. Sorry. Then, of course, there is Sasquatch, derived uh, from the Salish in the Pacific Northwest. Depending on the tribe, he was regarded as a physical being as real as any human or a spirit that often manifested on Earth as a friend, never a foe to mankind, end quote. Personally, I've heard far more reports of peaceful Bigfoot than I have anything resembling an evil entity, but there's definitely sightings that have left folks from nervous to terrified. <laughs> yeah, for various reasons, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But I would say the majority of reports have been neutral to, like, helpful. Yeah, that's those are the stories I've heard. Yeah. I've never really thought of Bigfoot as being malevolent, but I no. could see... A creature of the forest being not exactly trickster, but but close. Yeah, not really, not necessarily sharing our human values or right. You know, yeah, they're an entirely different being with an entirely set of morals and beliefs and values and norms. So mm -hmm. again, not our agenda. God, I have so much reading to do. All right, <laughs> you did this to yourself? I did because this is really close to my art. Bigfoot's my guy. Um. Okay, so in 1967, Roger Pattison and Bob Gimlin were on horseback near Bluff Creek, California. It's up near the Redwoods and the border of Oregon, where the forests are numerous and the people are not so. Long story short, they came across this thing in the creek bed while out with the horses, and Patterson had to control his horse before hopping to the ground and getting out his camera. He told Gimlin to cover him as he ran forward to film the thing. And what he got is now famous. The creature, nicknamed Patty by enthusiasts, walks from one side of the frame to the other, lumbering along, swinging its arms. The film is shaky at best, but several stabilized versions have been uploaded to the internet, and it's very clear that there is a large, hairy thing walking across the creek bed. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, some kind of, like, large, lumbering, hairy, humanoid thing. Yeah. With breasts. Excellent. Yeah. That's why they call it Patty. Gotcha. Because it's like in the stabilized version, so you can see like, you can see like muscles moving and everything, and it looks to it appears to have breast breastuses. Hmm. We're not even going to begin to talk about the rumors surrounding the film or go in depth on the men's personal lives. If you want that, go check out Astonishing Legends multi part series on uh, the Patterson Gimlin film and Bigfoot. It's really good. This is just a little background info about why the guy is so famous. So if you would like to listen to a six-part series on the Patterson-Gimlin film and all the stuff that surrounds that, go listen to Astonishing Legends. They're great. You have stamina and perhaps a neurotypical brain. Like me! <laughs> I have a very hard time with Astonishing Legends because it's so long. It's very long. It's really long. They go off on tangents yeah. and just like stop talking and get to the, the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they just don't stop talking. Nope. They got a lot to say, man. And they, when you have like a, a, when you have tens of people available to do research for you, you're going to get a lot of shit you have to wade through. Well, I, I'm down with the info. It's when they start talking about other things that have nothing to do with the topic. Oh. And they go off topic for like 20 minutes. I just want to fast forward. <laughs> I really love like the personalization of podcasts like that. So I'm totally down. I'm like, yeah, I will have a parasocial relationship with you, sure. Mm -hmm. 
Is it healthy? No. <laughs> is it fun? Yes. Yeah, whereas I'm more into like um, Adam Ruins Everything. I can't think of his last name. Adam Conover. Conover. Nope. Adam Conover. I listen to his um, Simon Whistler. Yeah. He, I quote him inadvertently a lot. That's true. <laughs> I, I try to mention it when I do quote him. I'm not doing it on purpose, but he just has some good phrases. <laughs> The Patterson-Gimlin film certainly isn't the first time Bigfoot has been seen, but it's the sighting most people know, even if that's all they know. It's probably impossible to find the original sighting. As we stated above, the legend of something large in the woods has been known to the original peoples of this continent for ages upon ages. But we wanted to provide a little background into a little background info before we got into the sightings here in the Mitten State. It never hurts to know the history. Nope, we stand by that. No matter how many people leave our live shows early because they get bored. Yeah, please, <laughs> please know the history. I like, I get yelled at and canceled by so many people on the internet because I point out that history was different than they think it was. Yeah. And that really annoys me. Uh, yeah. No, I know. Hooray. Yeah. Know your history. Yeah, for real. All right. So some sightings. Let's do this. A lot of this info is going to come from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, otherwise known as BFRO. Oh, my God. I know. BFRO. Love it. And (laughs) sources like the Detroit Free Press, MLive, and other newspapers. You might notice a lot of similarities in these sightings as well. It could mean that these creatures are of one species or one culture or one family, or it could mean a giant conspiracy. Who knows? Or it could mean nothing. Hey! Or it could be none of the above. Yeah. But we wanted to relay a few sightings before we talked about what makes a Bigfoot encounter a Bigfoot encounter. So you might notice a few similarities. We can say that there are definitely some things you'll notice about all of them in any case. Let's take a look at some Bigfoot sightings throughout Michigan. Of course, it's kind of expected that you might catch Bigfoot in the UP. There are mountains, a lot of forests, and plenty of places for something large to hide. Just ask the bears. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so this one comes from a user-submitted sighting back in 2008 on Beefro's website. I was attempting to get back to my home in the woods. We had had a very heavy wet snowfall, blizzard-like conditions, the night before, which prevented me from driving home that night. The following morning was very sunny and just above freezing. As I attempted to drive down my two-track road with my four-wheel drive SUV... Wait, what? <laughs> I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I copied these verbatim. Because it's important to yeah. say what people actually said, even if they're not good at spelling and grammar. <laughs> As I attempted to drive down my two-track road, my four-wheel drive SUV became stuck in the wet, deep snow. The snow came nearly to my knees, making walking difficult. Oh, been there, friend. <laughs> <laughs> As I turned up my road, I noticed footprints leading down my road, at which time I attempted to follow in the tracks. Needless to say, I was amazed at how large these prints were and the distance between each print. The prints were approximately 15 inches long and 8 inches wide with a stride of approximately 4 feet. These prints were pristine in nature and straight covering 100 to 150 feet. We're all familiar with how Bigfoot got its name, yes? It's those giant feet that that people have seen the prints from across not just North America, but the entire world. It's a very common mark of possible Bigfoot presence. This report comes from near the town of Gwyn, close to M35, and and just south of Marquette. So, lots and lots of trees. 
Oh, yes. So many trees. <laughs> Beautiful. Lots it's, of trees. It's gorgeous. Having driven through it, mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. gorgeous. Plent- it's just it's just forest. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's tell another story. It was opening morning of firearm deer season, November 15th, 2001, approximately 8.30 a.m. It was unusually warm for this time of year. I was sitting in my deer stand roughly a mile to a mile and a half away from my dad, who was also in his deer stand. It was really quiet and still that morning. There was a really musty, damp smell that rose in the air. Shortly after that, there was a scream that resembled a woman's scream, but not quite. That happened twice within a few minutes. Made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Shortly after that, the musty smell had left. Never seeing anything out of the ordinary, I stayed in my stand and finished out the morning hunt. Upon picking my dad up for lunch that day, he had asked me if I had heard the screams also. He described them to me the same way. No other sounds were heard that day. The very next morning, my brother, about three miles away, said he had heard the same noise. Never did find out what exactly it was. It was, however, like nothing I've ever heard before. This one is from the Keweenaw Peninsula at the very tip of the UP. Having been up there, I can say that not only is it breathtakingly beautiful, it's also very wooded and not very populated. But if those sightings from the UP are too distant for you, let's head downstate to some more populated areas. I have had more than one encounter with BF or something. The incident that I'm going to describe here is just one of countless that I have had. It was late, midnight or so. I was camping in a swamp with a friend of mine. The campsite is on this stream, Bear Creek. Oh, thank you for calling it Creek. <laughs> <laughs> the campsite is on this stream, Bear Creek, is what we have always called it. There was a big bend in it right there and some of the only high ground in the immediate area. There were two huge old trees right there also. We had a small fire going and were sitting around it talking quietly. The night was normal in the sense of animal sounds and such. I heard it first, if I remember right. It was coming down the creek from the south. You could just make out the footfalls, though through this point, I should add, are many deer trails. The main one follows the creek, and there is one that comes in from east, which is woods slash swamp. This spot was just one of many on the creek that had a major crossing point for deer. We have had more than one come through camp early in the a.m. and cross there. It came closer, about 30 yards or so, and that is when it went off. Points of note. I did have a 12-gauge with me, and this was the last time I took it out camping there again. We had knives also. It started to scream. How? Vocalize at us, and while it was doing this, it proceeded to tear up a tree. I could not locate exactly which tree it was, though, in the AM. It went on like this for some time. I grabbed up my gun and loaded it. My friend told me to quit freaking out and said he was going to talk to it, and did. (laughs) He went into the woods about 10 feet or more beyond the campfire and stood out there. I could barely see him in the darkness. It was early spring at this time. This went on for a bit more, a few minutes or so, and then stopped. I heard nothing more, no movement, nothing. It just went away. We have tagged this thing with the name Monkey Beast, for that was our first thought that some strange monkey was out in the woods with us. This report is from the Kalamazoo area back in 1989. What I appreciate about Beefro, Beefro, is that they spend, uh, they send out investigators to talk to witnesses after the event has been reported. So even though this happened many, many years before the website existed, which was 1995, by the way. Excellent. That's when B- the Beefro website was created. Early days of the internet. Yes. Someone still went out and spoke to the person who wrote the report. The follow-ups are below the original posting. It's just really nice to see some really real investigations, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just really nice to see follow-up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I mean, 1995 was a while ago. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure a number of our listeners weren't even alive back then. Oh, don't, don't, no, <laughs> don't say that. I, I realized that my own husband was only five. <laughs> don't say that. I was in middle school. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, our next our next one comes from, from an article in Click on Detroit from this October. I know, right? Nice. <laughs> a man in the upper lower peninsula. Okay. <laughs> For all you don't, don't live in Michigan. The mitten part is the lower peninsula and the upper you you won't say the upper peninsula because we have one of those and it's entirely separate. If you want to talk yes. about up north, the upper lower peninsula. Yep. Uh, that guy has a TikTok account that has blown up in recent weeks. He claims to have ongoing interactions with one or more Bigfoots, as we established, <laughs> and gets what he can of them on video. He has a, quote, gifting rock where he leaves presents and returns to find them gone and something else in its place. In the clip from the news article, he left a teddy bear and apparently returned to find a clean deer skull, which is honestly a pretty sweet trade. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, this is TikTok, so who knows? But he and a few other Bigfoot TikTokers, which is a great phrase, have a lot of followers and millions of views. I guess that's got to count for something? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Is TikTok, but we'll talk later. Gifting is huge for Bigfoot, so right. checks out. But there was another 2022 sighting, this time in Shelby Township in Macomb County. A woman claims to have captured video of Bigfoot on her home security camera. Police remain skeptical, as the papers will immediately tell you, but without the video to see for ourselves because it's not posted anywhere that I can access without paying money. Mm, There's not much we can say about this one. <laughs> it's all behind newspaper paywalls. Yeah. I I, I understand why y'all have the paywalls, but it's really annoying when, like, maybe I don't live in that area and I just want to read this one article. I just want to read one article. Please just let me read one. Yeah. The, the newspapers that are like, you get, like, two free articles a month. Perfect. Love you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, you know, maybe Bigfoot stepped into town for some Nutella. It would be very strange for a sighting to occur in a populated area like this because it's at that point, it's just nonstop city. But yeah, as we'll learn yeah. later, nothing seems to be out of the realm of possibility for the big guy. Yeah, that's interesting because Macomb is, is fairly populated. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty big suburb. Yeah. Of Detroit. Per Shelby Township Police's press release on the matter, quote, on 6-18-2022 at approximately 0100 hours, our dispatchers received a phone call from a resident regarding a suspicious incident captured on her ring camera. The call was a shadow or silhouette captured on her camera. Officers responded and checked the area with no findings. The area checked clear. The suspicious incident was later reported as a Bigfoot sighting per a scanner page on social media. After thorough investigation, there was no Bigfoot sighting in Shelby Township, end quote. So maybe not Bigfoot <laughs> after all. All right. <laughs> but who really knows? That's a mysterious thing. I mean, the shadow knows. No yeah. shadow, no. <laughs> Does anybody get that anymore? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Please reassure us if you do. 
Last season, we did our two-part series on Bay City, a town we kind of fell in love with after visiting on a chilly afternoon. What we didn't know then was that the region just north of Bay City is home to Michigan's Bigfoot, its expert, and an awesome reference. I really and an awesome conference I really need to go to. Phil Shaw has collected numerous accounts of Bigfoot sightings from all over, not just Michigan, but he specializes in West Branch, the supposed Bigfoot capital of our lovely state. He has a YouTube page listed in the show notes with several videos of sightings and other bits of evidence like stick structures and footprints. He has been researching the phenomenon for over a decade and has roughly 100 reports from people all over the area. Bigfoot Discovery Days is held annually and seeks to bring together believers and skeptics alike. They have tons of speakers every year and honestly, it looks pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) The link to the conference is in the show notes too. But what we didn't know then was just how many Bigfoot sightings have happened in the area. So, like, we were in Bigfoot Central. Hmm. Didn't even know it. Nope. Not even a little bit. Definitely wasn't in the book. (laughs) One man back in 2018 says he caught Bigfoot on his trail cam. Admittedly, it's an odd photo. It's one big eye taking up most of a face. And it's just off camera enough that that's all you can see. According to the... Ogemaw County Herald, sorry, that's a county I've not heard of, quote, On the night of the incident, Gordy Williams said he was in the woods around 9.15 p.m. when he heard a loud screeching noise that he thought sounded like a tiger he heard back in Vietnam in 1969. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, I guess you would know <laughs> what it sounds like. Uh, he said he didn't know what to think, so he decided to set up cameras and blare the sounds of bears in distress to try to attract whatever was out there before going back home. How does he have that recording? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> William said he returned to the scene about five days later to find the photo. He had no idea what the creature was. End right. quote. I want to see this eyeball. Okay, hold on. Like, I've seen trail cams of supposed Bigfoot sightings, but I don't know that I've seen this one. This doesn't ring a bell. That's really weird. You know what that looks like? What? The Gill Man. Oh, fuck, it does. Oh, Weird. Like, it really does. <laughs> the creature from the Black Lagoon, if people creature, don't know who yeah. the Gilman is. <laughs> or Gilman. Uh, Mr. Gilman? Per, per my husband's play. Yes. Mr. Gilman. Yes. No, you're completely right. It does. And I would say it's just that suit, except for that eye looks really real. Yeah, it's definitely reflecting as, yeah. as it, an eye would. And it doesn't look like some guy's eye behind a mask, you know? How there's yeah. like, even when you... You know, unless it was like Hollywood professional, like yeah, if you if you actually face. stuck it on, like yeah. if you did a professionally put on mask. Yeah. But I mean, I would say who would do that wandering around the woods? But I'm pretty sure I know people who would do that <laughs> like, and uh, wander around the woods um, just to freak people out. Yeah. <laughs> Williams went to Phil Shaw for assistance in figuring out what he caught on camera. Shaw told Williams that it indeed looked like a quote young Bigfoot and that it must have been attracted by the possibility of finding prey. Shaw said that Bigfoot will, quote, eat meat when given the chance, unquote. Williams was unnerved by the idea of an encounter out in the swamps he frequents, but he didn't sound as if he would be stopping his treks out into the woods or his trail cams. This one is particularly interesting, I think, because of the photo. It's very clear. It's very clear. It is. It's very clear. (laughs) It's just like... That's something's face with a giant eye in it. 
and, and it just it looks like it's a, if it's inspecting the camera but being like very sneaky about it because it's not just putting its full face yeah in the camera it's like what you looking at uh it definitely doesn't look human and you're right yeah like it, i said it looks it like looks the creature like a from the black man. lagoon <laughs> um or like a marmoset or some kind of like small monkey thing that mm-hmm. like the the little ones that have like giant eyes or whatever but Michigan doesn't have either of those things as far as I know. So. As far as I know. <laughs> I mean, we got a lot of bogs and swamps and things. You said this is a swampy area. Yeah. But as far as I know, we have no um, creatures a la the Black Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> or like very small monkeys living around. Yeah. In the area. And I find it believable of just the one eye because, like, that's what we do when we look at something. We, like, will focus with just the one eye. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why exactly we do that because, well, I guess two eyes gives us the 3D effect. Yeah, I Um, guess if we don't want. If we just concentrate on one, it flattens it out a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why we do that, but I definitely do that. We absolutely do that as humans. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Who wants to get a little closer to home? Our home, that is. Yeah. Yes, even busy Washtenaw County has seen its fair share of Bigfoot. From Beefro's website, August 2001, Ypsilanti, Geddes Road. I know. Very close to home. (laughs) Quote, My mother and I observed a large hairy creature kneeling on the north side of Geddes Road. The creature was not a bear and closely resembled an ape-like human form, covered with dark brown hair, but lighter in the facial area, with broad shoulders. The head seemed to be part of the shoulder area with no neck. The area around the head had longer hair in the back. After passing the creature, my mom turned the car around and headed back westbound on Getty's Road, but the creature had fled north into the wooded area. End quote. Um, there have been reports of some big black creature lurking around Denton Road. Seriously, Denton Road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. And Bar Road since the 1980s as well. No joke, my friend. That's really funny. I know. We've discussed Denton Road on this podcast. <laughs> We've been to Denton Road. We've been Road. to Denton Road. It's fairly developed. It's a at least, suburb. At least where the, where the uh, ghost is supposed to be seen. Where the, sure. I guess if we... Denton Road's fairly long. Yeah. I guess we should travel all of Denton Road, but... Apparently. The, I don't, yeah. yeah. A lot of it's like suburbs and yeah. like... It's just subdivisions and shit. Yeah, it's just all subdivisions, <laughs> more or less, unfortunately. But man, it's so close. Yeah. That's so close to my house. Nice. <laughs> Keep an eye out for big feet. Always. <laughs> all right, another one. This from, from this one from 2008. Quote, while hunting in the Pinckney State Recreation Area during the last week of deer season, my hunting partner and I heard loud whooping or howling type noises similar to those heard in recordings on this site along with bipedal-type footsteps through heavy brush. The sound of the footsteps were very heavy, and we could hear branches breaking as it moved around. My partner and I were a few hundred yards apart, and the noise came from a thick cover between our spots. We both heard it as my partner called me on the two-way, asking if I could hear it too. I don't know if... Wait, I don't know that it was a Bigfoot. However, it was scary enough for me to remove the safety from my gun and actually swing in the direction it came from, knowing my partner was in that direction as well. That's not a good idea. <laughs> I have continued to hunt the area since then and have had no further incident. End quote. Dun, dun, dun. Pinkney, eh? I've been there. Yeah? It's very close to hell. Did you see anything? No. Oh. Did you hear anything? No. Any whoops? No, nothing like that. Dang. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. 
That's apparently exactly what it sounds like. I mean, that just <laughs> makes me think of um, Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is that what you saw <coughs> or heard? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's ICP roaming the woods. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that makes me so happy for some reason. I mean, it's Michigan, so it's not it's not out of the question. No, it could it it could be. Yeah, <laughs> out there drinking some Fago. Oh my god. Yeah. Does any has anybody found any Fago bottles around these Bigfoot sighting? Yeah, places. Bigfoot or Fago fan? We could we could leave one and find out. That's true. All right. Now I'm sure you've noticed some similarities between the reports we've read. Let's talk a little about the commonalities between all these sightings and discuss a bit about what it said Bigfoot does and sounds like. I think we all know by now that what it's supposed to look like. Extremely tall, broad, hairy, which is different from furry. Uh, some shade of brown, occasionally black or red, with very large feet. A lot of people say it has either an ape-like face or something close to human and that it looks incredibly intelligent. The creature in the Patterson-Gimlin film has distinctive breasts, so it could be gender dimorphic, or at the very least looks uh, very mammalian. Mm -hmm. Being ape-like makes sense. Yeah. As for what Bigfoot is supposed to sound like, there have been several recordings uploaded to the internet that claim to be Bigfoot sounds. Bifro has quite a few to listen to, and some of them are, well, I don't want to say disturbing, but they're very curious. Some are frightening. For sure. I don't really want to be out in the woods and hear any of that when I'm by myself, frankly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'm also not used to like forest noises. So, yeah, I'm pretty I'm easily startled by them anyway. So my husband is very similar. Yeah. Just we're not we weren't huge camping people. So (laughs) (laughs) my husband just gets freaked out. Like when we go visit my mother who lives on the outskirts of Kalamazoo. Why? Because there's a forest. Oh, okay. And I like it out like there. Unfamiliar noises and yeah, there's like not a lot around. Yeah, <laughs> it's the noises because I'm not. I don't know enough about what things, what noises, things that are normal in the woods make. Mm-hmm. So if I hear like a fox or like an elk, which both make horrific noises. Yeah, well they can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like oh my god, no. I'm so scared. (laughs) But there are distinctive patterns. Bigfoot is often described as making whooping sounds. Whoop, whoop. Says which I may do for the podcast, (laughs) which is what we've done. People have heard eerie howls that don't sound like coyotes or wolves and echo through the trees. And apparently, more recently, people have started hearing conversation-like sounds coming from far off. I listened to one encounter with a man who talks to whatever is in the woods, and it sounds like a conversation in some unknown language. It was pretty wild. Was he speaking English? He was speaking English. Okay, and he seemed to be getting intelligent responses. Yes. Okay. This one is from 1994 in Ohio.
That's obviously a dog barking in the background. Yeah. It, it's weird because it sounds like a siren. It does. Very much so. Okay, let's see. So that's one of the conversation-like sounds. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like old samurai movies where the men were speaking all gruff. It really did. It's It legitimately sounded like in my head I pictured like a black and white samurai. Yeah. That's what that sounds like. Very different. Very, very, very different. different. Things that I haven't heard, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. At least not in that context. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so they will also knock on trees and rocks in a way that seems like some form of communication. Greg and Dana Newkirk, who run the Newkirk Museum of the Paranormal and who have appeared on shows like Kindred Spirits, um, as well as run an amazing, amazing Patreon in which they perform all kinds of paranormal experiments that you should absolutely join, um, are proponents of tree knocking in which someone can communicate with, uh, with Big or whatever is in the woods, whatever decides to hit back. By hitting a branch against a tree and waiting for response. Often, they get them. They aren't the only ones who have experienced this method of communication, and there are recordings all over this as well. And that's, it's literally the sound of a branch hitting a tree. And then you knock, you make knocking noises, and then you wait. And if you get very similar knocking noises back. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that to me is a little weak just because I've been in the woods and I hear knocking noises all the time because birds. Oh, yeah. Mm. They haven't sounded like that to me, though. I don't know. I'd have to listen to it. Is that the whoop? That was some whoops and some knocks from um, uh, California in 1974. All of these, by the way, come from the Beefro website. Just to cover my butt. (laughs) Uh, And then there's the general, this is a large creature walking through a dense forest noises uh, that are, I admit, also kind of frightening at times. Um, large Large branches will be heard breaking and big... Bigfoots seem to have no trouble stomping all over the underbrush to get where they are going. I'm fairly certain most animals in the woods try to remain kind of quiet, um, but not this guy. Although I am no expert, if, I, if that is not clear, and, and I don't hike often enough to know how animals really behave, this is all just my speculation, I feel like most animals are like trying to keep it on the down low because they're either hunting or prey. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been in the woods and hurt animals. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, large ones, but I haven't been up north too much mm. where we would have more bear sightings and things like that. Like what bears sound like when they walk? I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, And we could ask my mother. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Because they were, they were camping in the Porcupine Mountains. I almost said Porkies, but Porcupine Mountains just make it more. <laughs> People who don't know. Um, the Porkies. And they were out walking the dogs hiking and then came back to camp yeah and there were bears at the camp yeah and they had to hide in a bush because they didn't want the dogs going after the bears yeah and the, i guess the bears were not necessarily trying to be quiet while raiding their campsite no that's true bears can be pretty loud as somebody who has camped in california <laughs> yeah <laughs> bears don't give a fuck 
Always secure your stuff, people. Oh, yeah. Hang that shit up in a tree, lock it in a box, except for the bears that got into our U-Haul one time. It's fine. Oh, right. <laughs> well, in Michigan, we have lots of animals with grabby hands that will, will go after your stuff. That's true. All right. It's commonly known that gorillas make nests, which is freaking adorable, I think. Uh, but it's also a prime example of their intelligence and use of usage of tools to aid their lives. But it is also speculated that Bigfoot makes tools and structures out of their environments as well. Stick structures, and that's capital stick, capital structures, have been found all over North America and other places, but we're kind of focused, um, and have been attributed to something other than humans. Now, yes, a lot of the photos I've seen look like trees that have just fallen over. And certainly bears can and do knock over their th- knock over things and search for food, mm-hmm. as we said, or get into U-Hauls. But some of them look really intricate. Some are made up like teepees uh, are constructed with many poles meeting high up uh, and creating almost a circle big enough to sit under. Some are tightly layered together in crisscross patterns. Some look like lean-tos and occasionally some more pliable saplings are woven loosely into other branches. So it's wild. What makes people think these aren't actual human beings making these? Um, as far as I have seen from like TV and the internet, because <laughs> I've never been out Bigfoot hunting, my, or hunting Bigfoot investigating myself. I would love to, but that requires like a whole bunch of things, like camping. Um, it's the the people that that have seen them say. That they're usually in areas that humans don't normally wander into, because obviously they're they're not sticking to trails; they're going off into to, to fuck knows where. Obviously, I, mean, I know. I mean, sh- people do that. <laughs> yes, I. This is what they say. Mm-hmm. That they are uh, a lot of times they are too high up, um, or to the the trees or whatever look too heavy. Um, for a human to have done whatever to, or that there have been other, they have they have also had other encounters with the whoops, the knocking, um, found footprints. There's something else to show that like a possible Bigfoot was in the area. Okay, for me this is pretty weak evidence. I don't know. The pictures are pretty Just cool because like there are people who still do go in the woods and make teepees and things like that. Oh sure. Like native people. (laughs) (laughs) Some like, yeah, this, you know, it's all speculation and theory. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the stick formations look seriously cool. Um, And some are intricate and even artistic. Um, I will try to remember to post some pictures to social media when this comes out. If I have not remembered, listeners, by the time this comes out, you tell me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you remind me comment on discord or literally uh, anywhere <laughs> not tiktok though we're not on there oh no oh yeah no we get that a lot and no that's um mitten mysteries if anyone is curious i finally figured it out yep somebody finally showed me the page it is mitten mysteries that is tiktok we we do not nope we're um not do the tiktok we're not we're not good at that <laughs> I only mostly do Facebook. A lot of people message us on um, Facebook, and I do get them. Which is great, because I don't touch Facebook. Quickly. Except for the Newkirk's Paranormal Museum stuff. So, Woo. Okay. 
Now the fun part. <laughs> now the really, really, really oh fun boy. part. What the hell is Bigfoot? <laughs> uh, I have been reading some wild books and articles that have some equally wild theories. Um, and please take the words books and articles in the elusive definition sometimes. They're technically... <laughs> it was published. You can publish anything. Correct. Speaking from experience. Literally <laughs> publish anything. <laughs> that was the... My tablet falling Tablet over. falling. No, we're just getting really excited. But without these, I'd be missing out on a chunk of Bigfoot lore if I didn't at least touch on the theories. My my YouTube recommendations are fucked now, by the way. It's great. Just a bunch of, like, paranoid white guys trying to sell me, um, like, uh, apocalypse items and, like, survival things. It's great. And talking to me about, like, angel conspiracy theories and stuff. It's pretty fun. Wow. All right. So... Number one, Bigfoot is a Nephilim, the child of a fallen angel and a human. As apparently laid out in Genesis, I am no longer a biblical scholar and have forgotten basically everything I learned yep. in, in, in my many years, many years. This one, <laughs> this one I remember. Of Bible training. <laughs> uh, websites tell me this is around Genesis 6-4, and you know what? I'm just going to believe them. And you say so, so yeah, it's fine. I mean, I can't say it's Genesis 6-4, but... Um... Whatever. Yeah, we don't believe in this part of the in this part of the of the podcast. We don't give a fuck about sources. Okay, <laughs> we don't give a fuck. That is a biblical thing, though. That yeah, yes. Uh, now there are f- a few books on this theory specifically, which I did not read because I couldn't find ebooks of them, and I'm absolutely not spending thirty five dollars on this. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. We don't make enough money on Patreon yet. No. I will read those books if you pay us more money. I will I will pay the money for those. I will read them and I will give a full fucking report. And it'll be great. You can tell she's excited because of all the F-bombs she's dropping. I know. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Connor's mom. Um, anyway. <laughs> Fallen angels and humans had some really fun times and created giants, which the, which, which the Bigfoots are believed to be the further descendants of, or in some cases are the giants themselves. Both Astonishing Legends and Last Podcast on the Left tackle the theory that giants used to roam the Earth. They do it with various scientific and scientific and folkloric analysis um, and aren't, like, insane like this. Um, yeah, no, like, this all tracks for me, having studied a lot of folklore yeah. and Bible stuff. Yeah. So go listen to them for, like, actual details on, on supposed giants that roam the Earth. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's a legit theory. Yes. Legit is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> so Bigfoot is actually half angel or some kind of angel and that's why we never have solid proof of its existence I guess um, there's one guy on Quora who thinks Bigfoot itself doesn't exist and people have just seen giants covering themselves in furs to try to hide from humanity which they are terrified of and also that's why it seems like it, why they seem to have um, supernatural powers like teleporting and shape-shifting mm-hmm. yes Bigfoot can do both of those things. I didn't. I didn't think the giants could. Could yeah, teleport or shapeshift. But I mean, if they're descended from angels, though, why not? They're, but they're also descended from man. Yeah, but you know, who says? Who says? Uh, the who says the the humans have the the super dominant genes? I mean, I don't know that angels can change their form either. Yeah, why not? Why can't humans change their form? Well, because we were made in one image, allegedly. 
like, man, again, I just said earlier that I don't remember any of the Bible stuff that I studied really hard when I was younger. So. I remember the fun stuff like this. <laughs> no, I just learned all the like how the I learned the, all the, not the angels fun stuff. came down to earth and were like, human women are hot. Let's uh, get with that. And then they made demons. Yeah. See, and see, by that's... demons, I mean monsters. <laughs> right. See, that, that wasn't really in the stuff that we studied. So that's, that's boring. <laughs> we didn't study that stuff. That's a shame. <laughs> All right. So some people speculate that Bigfoot is either an alien or an ultra terrestrial and therefore comes with all the powers those might have. Alien, I think, is a term we all have some idea about, although um, we just went to a, a John E.L. Tenney talk and I've been just swirling his, his talk in my brain for the past week <laughs> and it's been pretty great. I think ultra terrestrial might be somewhat new to some of you guys. So basically, it's a being that is not from Earth, but also not necessarily from another planet. They could be interdimensional. They could be time travelers. They could be men in black. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, uh, because Bigfoot is an alien or an ultra terrestrial, it comes with cool alien powers. Bigfoot might be able to teleport, and that's why we haven't found bones or been able to get a good look at it. It might be able to shapeshift and become something else entirely, and that's why we don't ever get good evidence of it. Here's a quote from Mass Live, a website I don't frankly want to look too much into. Quote, in modern times, it is a theory that dates back to 1973, but one that is grabbing hold as more and more Bigfoot hunters are reporting run-ins with what is known as the orange orbs. Those are fast-moving lights that, may, that one may think are alien in nature, but seen in areas associated with Bigfoot. Leo Minsters, I don't know what that is, Bill Penning believes it is possible. In his first recognized Bigfoot encounter, something large in the woods shook the ground, but vanished quickly. In addition, he found a set of tracks that seemed to indicate something appeared behind a running deer very quickly, caught the deer, and then disappeared because both sets of tracks ended at that point. End quote. Weird. Right? And, like, so many people have have reported the orange orbs around a Bigfoot encounter when they actually, when they, like, see the guy. And it isn't, uh, like, fairy lights. I mean, who knows? They just are there mm-hmm. when Bigfoot's there. Because we've already talked about Bigfoot being near a swamp. Yeah. So, yeah. Could be swamp lights. The shape-shifting thing also harkens back to some of the myths from some native cultures as well. For some reason, some white folks seem to think Bigfoot and Wendigo are the same, and Wendigo are sometimes confused with skinwalkers, shape-shifting men who have been corrupted and become evil. These are from very different parts of North America. Yes. Just pointing that out. <laughs> Wendigo are like local. That would be a local creature for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, Skinwalker is more the Utah-ish area. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. And then Bigfoot from fucking everywhere. Apparently, yeah. Similar creatures everywhere. Yeah. But unfortunately, I would say the majority of the sites that I found that were talking about Bigfoot shapeshifting were like, oh, Bigfoot is a Wendigo or a Skinwalker. But didn't, did we already say that like this region has like a separate Bigfoot story? Because I know the Wendigo stories pretty well. Yes. Be careful when you're alone in winter. Yep. You really should. Uh, okay. So the source of the, um, the English word Wendigo is the Ojibwe word. And I'm going to screw this up too. <laughs> With indigo. So at least we're in the right region of the U.S., I guess, for that part. Like you said, yeah. it's a local thing. It's a local one. 
However, the Wendigo, at least in Ojibwe legend, does not look like our modern idea of a Bigfoot. It's perpetually starving, real thin, and grotesque. Bigfoot seems like it would give really nice hugs. So there's that. Otherwise, there is a lot of research to do on different native legends, Bigfoot, and shapeshifters, and I just don't have the time for that right now. Mm -hmm. So we'll just leave that be. But just know that all the websites that are like, oh, Bigfoot and Wendigo and Skinwalkers are all the same. No, they all look completely different and come from completely different origins. So, yeah, if I can, nope. if I can disprove something by a quick Google search, I feel like it's pretty weak. <laughs> That's the thing, though. That is the quick Google search. That's just. So it was harder to find all the origins of the legends and compare them to it to each other, and be like, no, these are not the same. Like. Harry Man is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Skinwalkers. I even hate saying the name, man. I'm terrified. There's, if there's one paranormal creature freaky. that I'm scared of, it's that. Um, I'm pretty scared of the Wendigo, too. <laughs> and the Wendigo, yeah. I'm less familiar with that, though, so I'm not super afraid of it yet. Um, <laughs> Skinwalkers closer. They eat you and I know. turn you into themselves. Yeah. I know. There's, there's a few different things surrounding Yeah. Them. But, like, they are all three very different. Things. Very different things. And it's like, no, you can't just lump a bunch of native legends and folklore into one lump and be like, look, that's Bigfoot. Well, I feel like the the ultimate of white people don't understand native legends is naming the street by my brother Wendigo. Oh, my God. I don't want to live on that street. No. It's like, oh, cool. Let's name this uh, street Flesh Eater. I want to live on Flesh Eater. Oh, my God. Cannibal Road. Let's I go. would rather live on Cannibal Road. In fact, that sounds pretty fucking great. Yeah, I don't want to live on any of those. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, now I think of that whenever I go visit my brothers and his family. Great. Cool. Great. Thanks, white people. Yeah, I was like, Who, whose idea was this? Ah, Dear Lord. Doing the bare minimum again. Yep. I mean, it sounds do. like a pretty word, but it is not a, not no. a pretty creature. It is a flesh eater. It eats people. <laughs> All right. Nick Redfern's book, Shapeshifters, Mor- Morphing Monsters, and Changing Cryptids, tells three tales of a shapeshifting Bigfoot out in Texas in which the creature either transforms from some other kind of animal into Bigfoot or vice versa. It was accompanied all three times by the mysterious tennis ball-shaped lights I described earlier. And in 1977, Bigfoot turned into one of those balls of light as soon as it knew that it had been spotted. So you know what? It's all connected and Bigfoot could be anything in the world. Yeah, it sounds like people are just taking different things and all just connecting them together and saying it's this one thing when they aren't necessarily connected. Like nothing here is really said to me like, oh yeah, that's very definitely connected. Except like maybe the smell just because stinky animal. Oh, maybe. That's... I think I most associate the smell with the Florida skunk ape, which could be another kind of Bigfoot, and it's just smellier because it's in Florida and it's always hot there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so a few of these but personal yeah. stories we've talked about have mentioned the smell. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if you're if you live in the woods, you're gonna yeah. Animals smell. Animals smell. That <laughs> that's is just, just that's a, what happens. Uh, that animals is just smell. A fact. That's why people give their dogs baths because right. animals smell. Because animals smell like mine right now. Okay, and I have to read this account from a radio station website, Banana1015, (laughs) just because I have to. Quote, the Midland, Michigan resident told the Cars 108 morning show about his first encounter uh, with the creature 
in which he which he initially mistook for a hunter or DNR officer in a ghillie suit. Uh, I seen him first, said Padilla. He further explained that he still thought it was a hunter and continued to approach it until he was until he and the majestic beast were face to face. His eyes were so red they looked they was full of blood like a man on his deathbed. Because you know how people's eyes turn red when they're about to die, right? His eyeball was yellow, yellowish green, black in the middle, and real tiny, like yellow green in the middle of the black. And they swiveled both of them. Bam. <laughs> End quote. Now pay attention, because this is the part of the story where Mr. Padilla explains why Bigfoot has been so hard to find all these years. It's so good. I'm just going to run the entire quote uninterrupted below. <laughs> Forgive me. <All> right. <laughs> for For... I don't know. Quote, I tried to speak to it and I couldn't spit it out. And not that I was scared. He wouldn't let me. He started getting like blurry, fuzzy, like a mist, like a spirit, like. And then I seen some antlers evolve. Like they say they move like a ninja. That part is true. He turned around. Bam. Gave me a vision of white deer's tails and two hooves jumping away from me to try and make me forget what I'd seen. I know what he did. It's called absorption. He checked me. He read me just to see if he could trust me or if I'd go against him, and I don't. Okay. So, shapeshifting Bigfoot. And who the fuck knows if Bigfoot is even out there anyway? It could be a human-created tulpa slash egregore that gained sentience because we willed it into having sentience. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Anyway, my, my brain is fried. So what do you think? I have no idea. Sweet. I, like, I always thought, like, yeah, there could be something. I mean, we just discovered, we humans, <laughs> just discovered a new owl. I know. Like, we are finding things constantly. This is why I love, like, cryptozoology, because there's still, there's still, like, animals out there that are not just, like, tiny insects that we would never see. Right. But, like, a freaking owl. <laughs> yeah. They're still out there. And I think that's something people don't appreciate about the Americas in general, is that there's a lot of empty, well, not, like empty land, empty of humans. Yeah. Like there's so much out there that we just don't have anything to do with mm -hmm. that. It, there could be all kinds of things out there that we don't know. Yeah. Like Europe is pretty well populated. Yes. Um, populated and, and explored because it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's been um, that way for way longer than. Yeah. It's also smaller. Yeah. It's smaller. Um, and more densely populated. But Canada very little of Canada is populated. Oh, yeah. Very, 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 very little. It's like the border, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, there are even large swaths of California that aren't populated. Yes. And that's, like, one of the most populated states. Right. There are more people living in California than in the entire country of Canada. Yep. Probably so, left. yeah. And like we said, the UP, lots and lots and lots of forest. And it's the UP is not an island. It is connected to other pieces of land. Mm -hmm. Hence, peninsula. <laughs> So, so are you, do you fall more on the, like, the cryptid side or, like, the paranormal side? I would say cryptid because there is absolutely nothing that has shown me that Bigfoot's paranormal. Okay. It seems to be people just spouting stuff. Sure. I'm definitely on the paranormal yeah. side. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be firmly on the scientific side. Um, it was just an animal out there that we, that we just haven't discovered yet, i.e. the owl or the when I say we, let me let me rephrase and say that the universal we Western society. 
Well, because people ask like me. Like modern people. I, yeah. yeah. Well, people ask me all the time. I have an I Heart Cryptozoology pen on my lanyard at work. Mm-hmm. And people ask me all the time what it is. And I say, well, it is a study of hidden animals. And then they're like, what? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And so I give them examples like um, the Western Mountain Gorilla was considered a cryptid because white folks um, hadn't just quote unquote discovered them mm-hmm. when there had been stories and rumors of these things living in the mountains in Africa for generations, but white people hadn't discovered them. Therefore they didn't exist. Um, or the Okapi, which wasn't officially mm-hmm. labeled as an animal until like 1907 or something. Yep. And then I introduced them to the concept of like Bigfoot or the well, Lapis monster the, um, or like, it counts as those guys too. Can't think of what it's called now. The dragons. I can't think of the full word. It's something, something dragon. Like a lizard? Yeah. Oh, okay. Komodo dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cryptid. Yes. White people didn't believe they existed. Yeah. Even though the natives were like, yeah, they're totally out there and they totally eat people. Right. And they're horrifying. Don't go that way. Oh, you went that way. Cool. Um, yeah. Or, or like, um, there are tons of creatures that native people are like, yeah, this is real. Mm. And white people are like, whatever. That's just legend. Yeah. You stupid, ignorant natives. Right. And like, no. There are lots of things out there yeah. that Native people who have been living there for countless generations are well aware of. Right. And then the newcomers coming in just kind of blunder into it. Yeah. So that's... Like, that happens all the time. Sadly, that's cryptozoology. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little... Um, it's evolved since then. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would like to see more discussions of Bigfoot with Native peoples who've been here for oh, longer. Oh, for sure. Um, who have longer traditions. and That's really hard to find on the internet unfortunately <laughs> does not surprise me that people are um, not actually asking the people who originated the correct. legends and so forth yeah that's that's what i originally set out to look for when i was doing the research behind bigfoot before i got to the the fun stuff not that that's mm-hmm. not fun but you know what i mean like the the more wild theories and whatnot and i can't find them at least in like internet format or in an ebook that i can actually get format yeah i'm sure if i like did some more digging and and paid some money that i could probably find something or go grab you know get get more books on the subject that are a little more native Mm -hmm. folklore related possibly but our library doesn't have them ipsy doesn't have them and i I could (laughs) see people also being like bombarded by white people oh i totally and just being tired of answering that question to be like oh my Yes, Stupid because once people. upon a time I was that white person. So yes, I can. T- they're they're very tired. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I wanted to know the real legends um, that um, all the Pacific Northwest tribes when I was into Twilight, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. Stephanie Meyer said something. What's the actual truth? And they were like, we're not getting into this. Please don't email us again. And I was like, but this is actually for a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm definitely. I think because of all the weird stories. I've seen because of all of the um, videos and I will say that like Tenny and the new Kirks have definitely skewed me more towards the paranormal side just because they, they do all the weird experiments that I, the I pay money to watch. Like I, I, I do, I am part of um, the new Kirks Patreon, um, not Tenny. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tenny and Jessica. That I'm I'm a little bit more skewed towards the paranormal because I've just I've read so many of like the weird stories about 
orange orbs and Bigfoot turning into a deer. And I'm like, I, I started off the scientific. It's just an ape in North America that we haven't discovered yet. And now I'm like, oh, it's this like possibly ultra terrestrial entity all over the world because it seems like a ton of cultures have some kind of big hairy man, not mm-hmm. just um, the Yeti. But like China has one, Australia has one. Everybody's got this. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> which turns out, which happens to me a lot in paranormal research. Oh, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> well, and it could also be the reason so many cultures have this is because it's a shared story that's been passed down through like millennia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I've studied... Eh, a decent amount because there's not a whole lot out there also on like Indo-European language and so forth and the shared stories that you have in Hindu and also in Norse mythology Mm -hmm. and they think well there's a common ancestor so this could be a common story that's just been passed down and passed on and passed down yeah Um, so that could be the same with the the hairy man Mm -hmm. that's very true in the sense of the yeti is that the Yeti is such an integral part of the people of the cultures that are around the Himalayas that there is no separating like a real creature from legend. And and the Yeti is such an integral part of those folklore and those tales passed down from person to person to person that like, yeah, it's 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 just it's so ingrained that it is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, all of these. Like Yeti, Sasquatch, they could all have a common ancestor. Yeah. And who knows? They could just all be, they could be real because we made them real. That I do. Love egregores. <laughs> that, I actually kind of want to, I would say maybe against that, or there was an original originator, like original hairy man that then these people took off and over the millennia spread to like native North America, Australia and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just constantly retelling the stories made it real again. Maybe, but maybe I don't know. I would love for somebody to pay me to do that research, though, to look at starting with like the beginning cultures that we have documentation of on Earth and just see if there's like a common thread. That sounds Mm -hmm. fun. It's hard to do that kind of research. Dang it. And mostly Um, because I don't have the time or the resources. Somebody pay me to do this. (laughs) Try to go to school. Get the right connections. Nope. Not at the moment, especially nope. since school's way too expensive. Yeah. And our student loans aren't getting canceled. Cool. So far. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, Bigfoot could still be a forest spirit, which I guess some people would call paranormal. But Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would call that paranormal. It's not quote unquote normal. Right. It's not flesh and blood. It's I mean, otherworldly. If he's leaving things behind, he is, but. Not necessarily. It could still be supernatural and a forest spirit. Like you could still be, you could still leave shit. You can leave gifts and be a spirit. Yeah, I feel like spirits could still be flesh and blood. Oh, okay. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I was like, spirits aren't expand? necessarily spirits aren't necessarily like made of air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like they can manifest as real things. I don't think all spirits are like Shakespeare. No, I don't think that either. But spirit to me implies a th- implies ethereal. It connotes to me ethereal. What do you mean by ethereal? Like made of not air? Not solid. Just okay. not solid. Not necessarily made of air, but just not. Yeah, because like forest spirits not solid. are solid things. Like they're creatures like gnomes and brownies and 
dwarf. Well, dwarves are more of like mountain. I guess it depends what culture you come from. Another thing I could devote brain space to. Take that work. <laughs> like, I feel like if you're leaving food offerings, yeah, there's got to be a body there somewhere. Oh, sure. Maybe, I guess. I don't think necessarily. You can still enjoy gifts. What if they're eating it and drinking it? Yeah, that doesn't mean that you have to have a body to me. Yeah, it does to me. Because otherwise, fine. how are you eating it? Where's it going? Away. I don't have to. <laughs> I know. this. Is, I, I That's the difference. Though. It's like, I don't have to. Like, for me, like, that's a perfectly. Either one of these is a perfectly fine answer. Like, I don't. I'm like, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> cool. Like, what if it like just goes in, away? In I'm Buddhism, fine. like, you can leave food offerings, but the food doesn't disappear. It stays there. Right. Um, I mean, basically the same for, like, witchcraft. Yeah. And then you have to find something to do with that afterwards, and that totally depends on your practice. But but if it, like, actually disappears, like, something actually devours it. Yeah. I feel like there or, has to be some kind of physical aspect, at least to pick it up or and take it. Or takes it. But I don't think there has to be a, like... There has to be a physical aspect, but I don't think it has to be, like, a solid flesh and blood. Then it wouldn't be solid. Yeah, it doesn't have to. I mean, trees are not flesh and blood. No, but they're real and sentient, they're solid. A sentient tree could pick it up. Sentient. What if Bigfoot is a sentient tree? Could be, like, a oh, tree spirit. Like a nymph. Bigfoot as a nymph is a wonderful mental image for me. That's adorable. Because he's, like, leaping around and being all coy and graceful and ballerina-like. Because I get... All of my shit from pop culture. <laughs> and that's an adorable image. And because we have five minutes left to record, one we're going to end on. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so thankfully, that's all we have for this episode. Or not thankfully. I would like to talk about this for ages. You can find me anywhere at K Gray Writes and Krista at Krista K Coburn, as well as Haunted Mitten itself by that name pretty much everywhere. Again, not TikTok, but we'll work on it, okay? Yeah. Only three places. They're in there. They're yeah. In Tumblr's back, but we're not doing Tumblr. Oh my God, I'm doing a Tumblr. All right, if you want to do Tumblr. I'm doing a, I'm doing a Tumblr. Oh my God, Tumblr's <laughs> back. Oh, I'm so excited. There goes the rest of my, the rest of my um, off time. Yeah, um, Facebook and Instagram, I do monitor. It's Probably not the best way to get a hold of us, but you can. Twitter, I monitor because I'm on Twitter all the freaking time. So yeah. I check that. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which you should absolutely contribute to so I can do more crazy Bigfoot research. <laughs> on our Patreon, I do true crime, Krista Reed stories, and we post our live show recordings there. And it's just a dollar. You get all that and access to our Discord. It's true. And we have a website, hauntedmitten.com. We do. And one day... Hopefully soon. I will be connecting our merch store to it because <laughs> the people that had our merch store were dumb. It's, it's <laughs> Well, not dumb. Stupid. They were stupid. Anybody who's tried to own a website understands our struggles, I think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so stupid. So it's out there. You could probably Google it. Yep. Um, but you can no longer go to hauntedmitten.store because it won't get you anywhere. <sighs> All right. That's it. Is that it? I think that might be it. I don't know. Happy haunting or something. I'm going to go take a nap.